You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 341 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good, good. What's happening in Gina world? What have you been doing? I'm rolling in chocolate, Val. So it's the festival <laughs> of the chocolate this weekend and uh, I'm pretty confident that I've just eaten my body weight in uh, beautiful little Easter eggs. Have you, you been both. Yeah. Have you been not giving Easter it a, eggs. a crack not this e- weekend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Easter eggs. I've been having um, uh, Magnum salted caramel ice cream. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Ma- so is Magnum, amazing. is that a universal thing or is that an Aussie thing? I don't know. But anyway, it's an awesome chocolate uh, ice cream, vanilla ice cream covered with uh, rich dark chocolate. Well, it's and, not always dark chocolate, but I like the dark chocolate kind. But so this is not, not so. So you want to be a chocolate lover? <laughs> this is so you want to be a photographer. And this week's episode is awesome. It's how to overcome fear and become a more confident photographer. And I think that's something that so many listeners will relate to. Yeah. Uh, and because at some point in your photographic career. It can get a little bit scary or you can feel insecure about whether your shots are good enough or whether you're liaising appropriately with a client or whether, you know, you've got the right gear and all that kind of stuff. So many things come into play Mm. that affect your confidence. So I'm keen to get stuck into this topic very soon. But what else has been happening with you, Gina? So I've just finished uh, loading up the car. So I've got a big shoot tomorrow. So basically just make sure that all my lights are packed correctly or all my tags are correctly tagged and tested because you can't go on site for insurance purposes anymore unless your uh, electrical uh, cords are all in compliant with uh, whatever the electrical gods are. Uh, and and I've, nearly, I've nearly been kick, kicked off a set because it was like they were expired by one day once and we had to quickly oh. get an electrician in and redo them on the, on the spot, which was uh, not, wow. not pretty. <laughs> so always make sure I, I get all of that done. So, yeah, it's, and it's basically just make sure you've got everything that you need and then I've got backups because it's a complete uh, white psych set that I have to rebuild uh, out on another site, so all my lights, all my soft boxes and uh, octoboxes and all my bits and pieces. So, yeah, that's all done. Excited for a big shoot. Um, and then this morning I was just uh, online with the, the goal community and I found a really good quote, Val, and I think it sort of relates to today's topic. So I shared it with the Goldies and I thought I'd share it with the uh, podcast listeners. And it's um, – okay. It's uh, by one of my uh, favourite writers, and she did, uh, I think, a book that you quite liked as well, Big Magic, right, about the creative dates. And uh, so it's Elizabeth Gilbert, and she's got some uh, advice that she's relating that she heard from a friend. And uh, and so it's uh, titled The Most Strangely Reassuring Advice I've Ever Received. And she writes that long ago when I was in my desperate and confused 20s, a brilliant, independent, wonderful woman in her 70s gave me this incredible piece of life wisdom. She said, we spend our 20s and 30s so worried about what everyone is thinking about us. Then when we get into our 40s and 50s and we and we finally start to be free because we decide we don't give a damn what anyone thinks of us. But you will not be completely free until your, your 60s and 70s when you finally realize this liberating truth. Nobody was ever thinking about you anyhow. They mm. aren't. They weren't. They never were. 
People are just thinking about themselves, all caught up in their own dramas, their own fears, their own regrets and tasks and insecurities and distractions. You aren't on anybody's mind, my friend told me. They don't have room in their minds to be worried about what you're wearing, what you're doing and how you're living. While it may be lonely and horrible at first to imagine that you aren't on anybody's mind, there is also, as my wise older friend told me, a great liberation to be found in this idea. You are free because everyone is too busy worrying about themselves to worry about you. So go be who you want to be and do what you want to do and dress what you want to, how you want to dress. And uh, it's exceedingly likely that nobody will ever notice you and that's awesome. And uh, <laughs> I shared that advice with the Goldies and uh, I think it's uh, so true. And, uh, you know, if you can realise that early in your life rather than later mm. in your life and then just go ahead and do the things that you want to do and stop being hung up about what people will think. Yeah, I love it. I think that's fantastic. And um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, is awesome. So um, that's a really good uh, thing to pull from it. Fantastic. All right. Well, the Goldies obviously got a pep talk from you. As Um, they do every Monday. (laughs) Yes, every Monday. But they also get tutorials and they also get a whole heap of fantastic advice. And if you want to find out a little bit more about the Gold community uh, and how you can be part of it, Have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold Community over at GinaMilitia.com, I asked Rebecca Martin why she joined. I was reading your book. I bought your video about posing, which was extremely helpful. And from there, I got into the Gold Community. There's so much. Uh (laughs) Everyone is so encouraging and very helpful and it's so nice that you are there and you you know take that personal interest in each one of us and help guide us and push us to the next level what's also nice is all your tutorials and we can go back and learn it before we do it and then even with the editing oh how do i get the red out of their skin we just go back in a tutorial and go through it as we're editing it's fabulous I think I've grown. I feel much more confident. Now I can post and know that I am really getting good advice and they're seeing things that I may not see. Everyone is just so encouraging. If they're serious about photography and they want to grow and learn, this is the place to be. Absolutely. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, head to GinaMilitia.com and click on Memberships. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, how to overcome fear and become a more confident photographer. Where do we start on this one, Gina? Because it's really broad. It is broad and uh, I I just want to give everyone some um, actionable tips that they can use to overcome fear and become more uh, confident. And I think it's a really important topic because when you think about it, uh, fear kills more dreams than failure ever will. And so most people give up or won't even pursue their photography dreams or goals Mm. because of fear. Like they don't even start or they get a little way in and they go, that that whole fear cycle takes over and they're either afraid of failing. Yeah. Some people are afraid of success, Val, or then they're afraid of what other people are going to say, what their family are going to think. And did you experience any of that when you were embarking on your um, art career? I think what happens is that for me anyway, when I start things, um, I don't have fear at the start because you don't know what you don't know, right? You just think it's all new yeah. and you don't realise this, it's like an iceberg. You don't realize there's this all this stuff you don't know. Yeah. So when you start, I didn't really fear failure or anything. I didn't really have fear because it was just fun. And yeah. I didn't care whether I failed or not, so I didn't fear it, you know. It's only when yeah. you get more into it and you realize all so, the more you learn, the more you realize what you don't know. And that's exactly. when fear creeps in. So in fact, fear and fear of failure or fear or whatever, it usually comes, I feel, a little bit into the journey, not so much at the start, 
when you are down the path a bit and you realize yep. that there are so many paths, so many options, so many decisions, so many you know, mm. different lenses to choose from, <laughs> that, that that's when the fear kind of starts to take hold later, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and so when you think of that, we talk about confidence. There is, um, and, and when you talk about what makes a confident person, there is, um, there's a difference between someone who is confident and someone who is arrogant or insecure. So, and uh, it, it presents slightly different. So, um, I think that when you're a photographer, other than having your all your technical stuff down, I think one of the most important little um, tricks that you should carry around or little bits of gear that you should carry around in your pocket is that confidence. And there is a way to develop that confidence without turning into that smarmy, swaggering, uh, you know, yeah. um, awful, a- arrogant person. Yeah. And it's so, you know, confidence is when you believe in yourself and your abilities. Arrogance is when you think you're better than others and act accordingly. Mm. And so that, that that is a completely different energy. And believe it or not, people will feel that. Yeah. So, and it's often, it's uh, insecure people that will present in that arrogant way to try and uh, and they think they're trying to bluff everyone into thinking that they're better than than everyone else. And so you could say that arrogance is, it's like false confidence and that the person uh, is overcompensating for their, uh, their, their inadequacies, mm-hmm. right? So arrogance requires advertising. It's like, you know, they need to constantly sell you on the fact that they're any good. Whereas when you ever, you meet like, and you would have done this Val, whenever you've interviewed uh, people, like you interview a lot of uh, world leaders, right? In, in, in different genres, particularly writing. And you've also, um, it, when you were a, a, a journalist as well, lots of world leaders, when you met someone at the top of their game, the very top, mm. what was what you noticed about them compared to someone who was say, you know, a reality contestant <laughs> on their way up. But to describe the difference in the two, uh, in, in, in the yes. energy, and that to me is the difference between arrogance and confidence. Often someone at the top, they're very comfortable in their own skin and they've got nothing to prove. So often they're actually really, really nice um, and accommodating to you. They're, they're actually not up themselves most of the time. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, you could then go and interview or photograph a a B grade, not even <laughs> um, yeah. celebrity, and their heads spinning around, wondering if there's paparazzi, and there isn't, and they are, yeah. you know, quizzing you and wh- what the shots are going to be used for, or what, uh, what whether they're going to be misquoted or whatever. It's you know they they've got a um, entourage with them, sort of a um, over inflated sense of their um, of their celebrity, really. So exactly. it's, it's, it is interesting when you, you, you know, you meet the two and it's, 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 it's often um, the antithesis of what you expect. Exactly. And it's, um, you know, it's lovely, like the, the, the big, the big, um, you know, top of their game star will turn up on their own. It's like, did you bring anyone? Yeah. No, it's just me. Yeah. Do you need anything? No, I'm good. Oh, maybe a water. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then there's the B grader that comes in with their 50 of their entourage yeah. and the energy is so different. You know, it's quietly confident versus like that manic energy of someone who's got that little bit of like that insecurity, mm. you know, chewing gum, doing lines, mm. whatever <laughs> they need to do to get them there. So, you know, so like when you see a confident person, they're open-minded, they give compliments, yeah. you know, they'll admit to making a mistake, whereas someone who's insecure, close-minded, always trying to seek validation and uh, they'll blame everyone else but themselves. So it's everyone else's fault that th- something's gone wrong and, and it's never they'll never take the responsibility. They'll be negative in their thoughts, whereas a confident person is uh, positive, uh, you know, and confident people keep on learning and growing. And this was the standout for me, Val, when I started, you know, meeting people who were higher up or learning about, um, you know, more advanced techniques that you find that when you start to talk to people who are at the very top of the game, they will never admit that they're at the top of the game. Mm. They will always say, oh my God, 
I know nothing. <laughs> I've got so much to do. Like, they'll all say the same thing. The more I know, the more I realize how far I have to yeah. go. Whereas someone who's insecure, just like they know everything. And, uh, you know, or that, 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 that arrogance is like, I don't need to know anything else. My work could not possibly get any better. Mm. That's the attitude. And then, then when you have that attitude, you stay stagnant. You'll never, you'll never move forward. So I think it's a really important thing to embrace that confidence because then that gives you um, the, 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 the drive to keep moving forward, keep learning and keep growing because that's what it takes to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So... Um, what happens uh, is we talked about that point, Val, where you were saying at the start mm-hmm. it's so easy because everything's new and shiny and it's like, you know, and I know I did this. Like the minute I could get a photo that was sharp, all in <laughs> manual mode, yeah. wrapped, mm. laps of honour, showing it to everyone. It's like, look, look, it's sharp. I got it or I got my first sunset mm. or whatever. You're excited about everything in the whole process and because you're still learning, the, the taste that you have uh, may not be um, quite as discerning and so you're seeing everything as great. But then as you go along, you start to notice uh, what good art is. You recognise it, right? Yeah. But you don't quite have the chops to pull it off yourself. So you know what's good and you try and get it and you can't, and it's frustrating. And this is the point where um, a lot of people will give up, and it's called the gap. And there's a great uh, quote by Ira Glass. I've been sharing this for ages. I know that. Notice you shared this as well the other day. Is it in the show notes, Val? If you like, I'll get yes. you to read it out. If it is, yeah. Do you want to read it out? Sure. So this is from one Ira, of my favorites. Ira Glass, who of course is the American broadcaster. And uh, he says, nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there is a gap. For the first couple of years you make stuff, it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you are just starting out or you're still in this phase, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you'll finish one story. It's going, it's only going, it's only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You just got to fight your way through. I love that quote. It's good, isn't it? It's so good. It just just sums up how we feel and this is a frustrating place to be as an artist and I know a lot of you that are listening now could possibly be at that place. So, you know, the moral of the story is push through. Every artist sucks when they were first starting out. No one is born like, you know, Picasso wasn't like finger painting and everyone's going, oh, my God, that's amazing. This guy's a genius. Like I doubt that that happened. So, you know, uh, when you're starting out, of course, you're going to be a beginner. Everyone's a beginner at the start and, you know, so it's it's really important that you push through that phase and uh, you've got to get over the fact that, like, not everyone is going to love your work and a good um, way to see this, if you think that that's the case, is to just, like, go on Amazon, look up a bestseller and read the reviews, Val. What, what do you see there? You see that there's uh, this whole percentage of people that, uh, that, that hate it mm-hmm. and it's like there's a breakdown. 20% will love what you do, yeah. 20% will hate it, and 60% will be indifferent. And that's fine. Mm. You know, you just need the people that love what you do to love what you do. But that's not everyone because if it's everyone, then you're a jar of Nutella, right? Because <laughs> everyone loves Nutella, don't they? Right? Or you're a magnum. It's, uh, it's, it's the, 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 the party pleaser. So I had a Nutella you know, donut, David, for yesterday. <laughs> oh, too good, huh? Yeah. 
In, if, if you're a new listener, you'll soon realise that Gina's first love and her only love really um, in the world is Nutella. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So um, on that also the thing that you've got to think about is like having that confidence to define what success is. So it's not, um, it's not the numbers game. It's not a matter of like how many clients you have how much money you make, how many uh, retweets you get, how many likes you get. Uh, that, that's all the external stuff, you know. It, it's not measured by numbers or comparing yourself to other people. So it's about like that creative success is about following your own heart and creating the work that moves you and then that in turn is going to draw attention from other people. You will find your people but it's like when you start to focus on those external numbers that you don't really have a lot of control over, that's going to do your head in. So you've got to let all of that go and just focus on the work and love what you're doing. So... I want to give you uh, 10 things that you can start doing to improve your confidence right. as a photographer, Val. Great. All right. So one of the most important things you can do, and I know like life gets in the way, there's there's work, there's pets, there's partners, there's, you know, um, schoolwork, there's kids, there's all of that sort of stuff. But if you can find yourself seriously five minutes Five minutes a day. So like, you know, we can find five minutes at the start of the day and five minutes at the end to brush our teeth and have a shower and do all of that. So this is going to be an added in to part of the day as a not negotiable. And hopefully everyone can do that. Minimum five minutes. If you can find 10, that's great. 15, even better uh, to shoot something every day. So If it's uh, a matter of being time poor, then can you take a photo on the commute to work? Like, so bring your camera with you on the train or if you uh, drive to work, then maybe can you uh, park five minutes further from work rather than right out the front and then use that 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 morning walk for five minutes to get a shot or it might be that you take five minutes in your lunch hour to take a shot that's going to force you the more you look the more you see so that's going to get you into this groove of seeing things and honestly if you did that for even the next six months you are going to see a huge difference in the work that you do now you can push that further by setting up a day uh an image a day that like you force yourself to take an image a day and even if it's the same tree outside your house it's still going to help you focus on noticing the different light and um you know at the different times of the year at different times of the day so um one camera with one good walk around lens. So walk around lens is like, it could be a fixed lens. I like the idea if you're going to do street photography, you're carrying around say a 35 mil lens on your camera. So it could be a little, even a compact camera. It could be as um, little effort as using your uh, smartphone to take a photo, but just that set that, that task of doing something every day, You can try shooting in different lighting conditions and even as you get better forcing yourself when it's, you look out the window and it's cucker light, which is a technical term for light that's not very good. It's kind of, it's cack. It's got the quality of poo. That is cucker light, right? So, and you need to learn how to work in all lighting conditions. If you are a lover of binge watching, let me... Let me tell you about the joys of editing images while you binge watch your favorite shows. Yeah. It is fantastic. So you can sit and go, okay, I do want to wind down and I need to watch two episodes of Emily in Paris or whatever you binge watch. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to admit that I watched it. And I enjoyed it because oh, I just no. desperate to watch anything about another country. So <laughs> it is beautifully shot. Um, 
But you can you can get on and you can maybe, okay, every night I'm going to spend 10 minutes learning a new tool on Lightroom, mm. okay? Or I'm just going to edit a different image every night while on the side you can be listening to a podcast or you can be streaming one of your uh, favorite what bingeable shows. Uh, that is the best way. So Bruce Lee sums it up. He says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. I love that quote. And so just by practicing and repeating those tasks, Mm. eventually all this stuff that some of you are hearing and not quite understanding, there will be a point where it all just clicks into place. And then I know a lot of people have listened to all the podcast episodes all the way through and then they've got to the end and they're like, hang on a minute, I'm starting to understand everything. I'm going to go back to the start and listen again because there'll be a ton, a ton of info that you didn't hear because you weren't ready to yep. hear it yet. Yep. So and true. you'll pick it up the next time around. And I found that when I've reread books mm. and you can reread a book five times and go, I didn't know about this bit. I completely missed it. Yep. So um, number two, mm-hmm. show your work to other photographers, artists you respect, mm. and get honest feedback. I cannot tell you how important it is. And for those of you who don't do it, you are really missing out and um, you, you, you will just stay in the same place. So just ask for feedback. It's not personal. It, it will make you a better photographer. Do you ask for feedback a lot for your work, Val? Uh, for my um, design work, yes. Yes. Uh, yes, not so much for my writing work, largely because no, no. I've been doing it for decades. Yeah, so. no. But for your design work and h- how useful is it? Like, Does it yeah. fast track what you do? On, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's true what you've said is um, show your work to photographers or artists you respect and get honest feedback. I mean, you might respect your best friend or your mum or whatever, but, but also I think it's showing it to the right photographers yes. and artists because if you're just showing it to your mum or your best friend, they're going to say nice things about it even if they are good photographers themselves. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, I have found that it can be useful, you know, paying for um, a mastermind or um, being yeah. in a group of people who are very like-minded and who have some expertise in that field because then you're really mm. getting um, – advice from an expert yeah and um like when you if you post to your facebook friends you're always just going to get love because it's like they're just they're going to applaud that image because they like you but if you go into a specific photography group then it might take a while you got to check out the culture of the group now there are some great groups where the culture is fantastic and they really are everyone has the best of intentions where they want to lift everyone up yep. and make everyone a great photographer. And yet be Others constructive seen, as well. Yeah, yeah, but there's other groups that I've seen, not the case. It's almost like tearing a poor photographer to shreds is a sport. Mm. And it's not like there is an art to doing a critique so that it's, uh, you know, gentle and encouraging but it will also get the best out of that photographer when it's done the wrong way it can actually prevent someone from ever picking up a camera again because they're just so devastated so if you are in a situation to be giving a critique to another artist remember that remember to be gentle and uh, always you always point out what's great about the image and you always um, you know will point out any things that will take it to the next level but there is a real art to it and remember that it's you know someone's put their their heart and soul into that work we don't need to uh, tear them down to shreds I, I you know don't like that that culture in in some of the groups but yeah. certainly doesn't happen in our groups Val no. we've got a very lovely bunch of photographers who know how to give critique respectfully um number three val Mm -hmm. this is a big one Mm -hmm. stop comparing yourself to others and this is comparison biggest thief of joy there has never been a um greater time in history to be able to compare yourself to everyone like you know prior to social media you would maybe hear about 
something that was going on about someone that you knew about or some other artist, you might know about a handful of artists. This is great. So we've got access to all these different artists, but we've also got access to their highlight reels. Mm. So you as a beginner are then looking at an, another photographer. You've got no idea how many hours they spent getting that shot, That's right. what was the lead up to getting that shot? How many times had they gone back to that same location to get that shot? Mm. How many times have they worked with that model? How many times have they shot that shot and failed before? We got no idea. We just see the best of it. So you don't know what went into it and it's it, it's also a highlight reel. So no one's ever going to post, well, hey, guys, I took this image, it sucks, it's out of focus, it's underexposed by four stops. I thought I'd share it with you. <laughs> Who doesn't? No one's going to do that. Everyone's just going to go, oh, my God, you guys, <laughs> check this out. This is amazing. <laughs> That's how they talk, This right? is my best work. <laughs> I'm so amazing. <laughs> so you just see people's best work. Mm. So reframe how you look at other people's work. And so instead of thinking, oh, my God, my work sucks and I'll never be as good as, you know, this person, use that those images and that great work and that success that you see in other photographers as inspiration because if they can do it, then so can you. It's like they're leading the way for you. It's like, great, if they're successful in that genre, I can be successful in that genre too. And so use it as fuel for your journey, all right? Yeah, great. So, and the only photography you should compare yourself with is the one that you, you used to be, all right? Mm. So run your own race, look back at your own work, and at the end of every, you know, six months or year, just go, all right, where was I this time last year? What was my lighting like? What was my composition like? How was my editing? And compare that, and it's not a race. Mm. If it takes you... However long it takes you is however long it takes you and everyone is going to be different. So remember that as well. So yep. next one, Val, enter competitions. Oh, yes. uh, and uh, this one. is a great way because, and I hear this all the time, like from particularly shy and introverted people, it's like, oh, I was always really scared to show my work and I just always thought it sucked. And then I entered a competition and oh, my God, I won, <laughs> you know, and it's like they had no idea how good. And I see this all the time uh, online and someone will post, hi, oh, it's my first first time posting. I've been lurking for six months. Anyway, I'm really nervous, but here's my photo. And everyone's like, oh, my God, where have you been hiding? This work's amazing. Don't be afraid. Put yourself out there. Remember that quote that I shared at the very start of the show? No one's thinking about you. Don't worry, just put your work out there and see what happens. So I think that's a great way. You've entered a few contests, haven't you, Val? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, they're good because um, uh, I think that also the process of entering them, usually you have to think, like supply some information about um, yeah. what you're entering and that process is a really useful one to go through because it makes you think about the work that you create. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, yeah, and you get good feedback as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not all yeah. the time. Not all the time. You don't always yeah. get feedback when you enter a competition. Right. But sometimes you do. So, so some of the ones. But yeah, check check it out. Read the terms and conditions though before yeah. you apply for contests because some of them actually uh, own the copyright to your images. Mm. So just check all of that. There are websites online or just even post in the Facebook groups that you belong to. Hey, I'm thinking of entering this contest. Is this a kosher one to enter? And, and people will give you good advice on that. Mm -hmm. So uh, next one, Val, is uh, remember why you wanted to become a photographer in the first, the first place. So um, there are many artists that have, uh, you know, doubts in their abilities and, and some of them always like will go to the end and, and think that they weren't really that good. So you've got to just get over that and remember what is your why. Why are you doing it? Whenever you get bogged down in the comparison or I'm not going to get there, I don't think I'm good enough, it's like why did you do it? Did like Remember that joy you got when you first started shooting in a particular light or how you feel when the sun's setting and you know you've only got seconds to get that shot and you manage to get it or that person runs in front of the frame and you get it and it's pin sharp 
There is no greater high than that. So keep reminding yourself of why you do it. And that's a great way to uh, keep that confidence going. I think one of the best ways to get confident, I can certainly remember the first time Mm. um, this happened to me, is uh, get paid Uh, for a gig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Geez, I had a strut in my <laughs> stem that day. Just came home and it's like, yeah, so someone hired me mm-hmm. to take their photo and at the end of the shoot, they gave me money yes. for that. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember getting paid for your first writing gig, Val, or your first painting that you sold? Yes, actually. I, no, I remember my first writing gig. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's the best feeling. So, um, you know, that is a great way to boost your confidence and, um, you know, that can be uh, like something that you can look forward to or you can do right now. Just get started, put the prices out there, start getting paid for what you do. Mm. Um, Next one, Val, uh, doing a workshop with a photographer that you respect. So I say a photographer that you respect, very important. It's not just... Do the one that's popular that you go, oh, yeah, this everyone sounds like they're into this. Yeah. Do the research. It's like it's pointless going and doing a, uh, a workshop on, you know, macro photography of spiders if that's not what you're really into, <laughs> right? You want, you want to do um, a, a workshop on stuff that you uh, – the type of photography that really lights you up. Mm. So – And that is a great way to boost your confidence because, you know, and that can be in person or online because it's like suddenly you're seeing uh, what's possible and you've got the opportunity to ask those questions. Like, you know, when I put the flash like this, should I do it? No, if you tweak the flash this way and suddenly you go, oh, right. So I was doing it right all along and here I was doubting myself. You get that reassurance constantly that you're on the right track. But I will say that if you – if you don't have something that you are really into because you're still exploring, then you yeah. don't have to wait around until uh, you get a bolt of lightning telling you the thing that should be your passion. Do a workshop just for the sake of it, actually, for the macro spiders, if you want, because only then will you discover whether or not you love macro spiders, you know? Yeah, you. so you did a lot, like you started with macrame <laughs> and then you did... I did a lot, a lot, a lot of did, workshops. You did a lot of different genres of art before you found yeah. the one. Mm. Yeah. So that's yeah. and that's and part so, of the journey. Fair enough. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that's um that's a good way to really um get that confidence like really lifted. So this this is one. This next one is one that really helped me as I was starting out in that first few years. Is I used to love to listen to other people's. Um, origin story. So like whenever I met anyone who was in business, who was like 5, 10, 15, 20 years, what could have been the baker down the road, it Mm -hmm. could have been another photographer, a graphic designer, it didn't matter what industry, I would always, if they had time, Mm -hmm. I'd say, how'd you get started? Yeah. What were the first couple of years like? Then what happened? How'd you get your first break? All of those kinds of questions. And it's like, you know what? I discovered that there's a theme. And, you know, if you don't have the opportunity or you're you're a bit shy to ask everyone in your community Mm -hmm. how they got started, then, you know, read um, biographies on, uh, you know, artists and musicians and they're always fascinating and you will notice that there is uh, definitely a, a theme there and you'll find them that so inspiring. You go, oh, well, this person could do it and this person, this is what that happened and I'm in a similar situation so all I need to do is this and it's a really great confidence boost. And you can, um, I, what I've been doing, so I've been doing that as well with biographies is yep. listening to the audiobooks because then you can, yes. you know, I can still just be doing my painting, I can still be yep. doing, you know, being creative with my hands or even just doing the laundry or even cleaning the grout on the kitchen floor. With a, with a toothbrush, with a toothbrush. While you While you li- listen to, you could listen to an entire audiobook and be yeah. on your hands and knees and clean the entire <laughs> bathroom with a toothbrush till it sparkles. But audiobooks you know? are a really great way to, um, you know, uh, to consume these sorts of things if mm. you feel like, oh, I don't have the time to read, you know. 
Yeah, and you can walk. You can just walk yeah. for, you know, hours and hours and hours and be entertained. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Or you put them on as you're trying to fall asleep and you, you know, miss half the book, <laughs> but you just remind it the next night. All right, so this one, next one, Val, is one of my favourites, is uh, track your progress. I'm oh, big on yeah. this and I think it's a great way to uh, work out where you're at and to keep you so sort how? of in line. So so. You want to measure like the quality of what you're doing. So let's say that it is with your lighting. So a way to track your progress is to have a look at an image you took this month and compare it to an image you took a year ago or two years ago. So always going back and having a look at what you've done. Um, You can write down, like you're a big fan of this, you write down, is it New Year's? Day that you write down your list of all the things you want to achieve in a year, Val, and oh, then you no, no, review it, it at have, the end of the year. No, it is doesn't it, have to be New Year's Day. Just at one point, you it's like, like at, at the start of the year, right? And uh, I'm a big fan of doing this. So you write down um, the the things that you want to achieve, and you can also then at some point look back and go, all right, so. This year, what have I learned in terms of my photography? How has my Photoshop improved? How's my Lightroom improved? How's my lighting improved? And it can be as simple as, all right, so I went from being fully automatic to going to manual mode. That's a big step. And then I went to manual mode and I started shooting portraits, whereas before that I was afraid I only shot things. Now I'm shooting people in daylight. And then the next step is like, and now I've learned to use off-camera flash and now I'm learning to use you know harder and harder modifiers and now I'm working on three lights and I've got five light setups and you're tracking your progress so constantly going back and reviewing your work I encourage you to get someone more experienced to look over your work and review it for you and they will tell you also how far you've come and remind you of all the uh, fantastic uh, achievements and uh, you know that is a really big confidence booster because sometimes you don't realize how far you've come until you look back and you realize where you came from, yeah. where you started. And one thing that is, I think is really good to track your progress as well. So that's really good, Gina, um, in terms of the things that where you are and the things you want to achieve and stuff. But for those photographers who are already earning some income or, or, or earning even a full-time income from your photography, I love tracking my financial progress. So... Says the accountant. <laughs> so I have a spreadsheet, obviously, or you can track it however you, do. you can track it however you want. And yeah. um, you can track it against budget, you can track it month by month, you can track it day by day if you want to, you can track it against last year or the year before. And it can really I, I find mm. that really, really useful because I know that when sometimes when I'm tracking my creative work and I have certain targets for each month and I realize by the second half of the month that I haven't, that I'm not quite getting there, um, that impacts my decisions um, on on invoicing, that impacts my decisions on whether I accept certain work or not because yeah. I really want to get those targets. And you can also make it yeah. fun for yourself. Like I had little mm. targets that if I reached this certain target, I, I reached a Paul, get a, pie? a Paul Walker level. If I reached it, I love Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious yes. movies. And if I reached a certain target, it was the Bon Jovi level, which because I love yeah. John Bon Jovi. What, what's the reward? To get those levels, oh, it, is there it, a, like it, a chocolate or no, is no, there? Uh, no, well, you have to reach the target to get that level. Yeah, and but if you get that you, level, what do you get? When you hit that, because it's all based on numbers, right? So the, yeah. the, the, we put a formula in the back so that John Bon Jovi would appear on the spreadsheet <laughs> Paul Walker would appear on the spreadsheet. Oh, of course. And number one Accountants. was um, Look at them. Rex, my cat. <laughs> so if I if I achieved oh, is a that Rex the, is level, that the, that's the pinnacle. Is that the top? Mm. That's right, right, right. So on that, uh, I don't have a spreadsheet. Uh, So I've got a bit more of a woo-woo approach. And uh, so I've got a whiteboard in my office and I will have a target for the year, financial target, and I will just write that number on the whiteboard. Okay. Right? Yes. (laughs) That's it. That's now good I know too. you're going to go. Where's the mat? How, how does that work? How do you do that? I don't know, Val. It just works. Okay. It's worked every time I've done it. Okay. 
So I know this is supposed to be practical advice and not witchy poo poo advice, well, but you know, give it a go. Everyone, put it out there. It's something suggest, in that putting your intentions down. I suggest that doing makes a combination it. of Gina's and my <laughs> advice of the practical and the woo woo. Really <laughs> the Bon Jovi level. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to put um, you know Paul Walker and Bon Jovi as your targets. Um, no, you could have rewards. whoever you want. Yeah. But spreadsheet, really good because it really helps you feel grounded when you are tracking well and it really helps you to think, oh, I should actually be out getting more work now or I should be, you know, invoicing now, not wasting time, not invoicing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's important. It really is important to track your progress and if I I always bring it back to like a a health analogy but it's like if you want to um, get fitter, right, you want to be tracking your fitness goals. So let's say you in in 10 minutes can run, I don't know, get, give me a fit. I hate running so much. How, how far can you run in 10 minutes? I don't right? know. Well, just give me like a like a, a, a kilometre, two kilometres. I don't like Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, well. So for the point of the analogy, if you can run a certain distance, uh, then uh, after a month you'd want to be able to say double that or increase on that. You know, if you're trying to um, get your waistline down, you can either like weigh yourself once a week or measure against the um, the holes in your belt. All right, but there is some sort of way to measure that. You know, and if you're constantly measuring, then it's a lot easier to stay on track. Yes. So the same with Definitely. tracking your photography goals. So like financially, you've got the Bon Jovi technique, you've got the Woo Woo technique of writing it on the board, but look and then looking back at your images and comparing what you've done. Mm-hmm. So there's a few um, practical tips there. And um, finally, stepping out of your comfort zone. So really push yourself and this is a a matter of getting out of that mind of like oh no I'm scared I don't want to do this but like push yourself because happiness is at the end of your comfort zone and every time I've tried something new there is that um, resistance at first where you've got that inner voice going "Eh, this is not going to work you shouldn't be doing this this is not right and you push through that that's a natural way of the body protecting itself you give it a go and then you go, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I actually really enjoyed it. And then you'll get all the rewards that come from that. So it's like pushing yourself. If you're only ever tried to shoot in daylight, give off-camera flash a go. It might be messy at the start, but push through. Keep practicing. Keep going. And you will be rewarded with a level of photography that is next level. And everyone that I know that has uh, come and tried that with me just loves the result and they're really excited and they're actually, they surprise themselves at the, the level of that their photos take just by taking that risk. If you've never done any post-production on your images, then give it a go. Start small, build up. I promise it's worth the extra effort. Step out of that comfort zone. You're going to be rewarded tenfold for your efforts. Awesome. Okay, cool. Love it. All right, so next, and uh, I've got some practical tips because, all right, so we can say all of this, this is going to, you know, help you with your confidence, but there are a lot of us, me included, who are going to deal with fear when you're on a photo shoot and it's hard and it's like I promise you that the more you do it, the easier it gets, but I can remember early on, Career, my voice would shake. Mm. I would be nervous. Val, do you remember those early days when we were shooting editorial together? Yeah. How I would be pacing, yes. pacing, 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 pacing. Do you remember? I, I, the yes, nervous absolutely. pacing. I would see you out um, of the corner be- of my eye as I was interviewing the celebrity or whatever, going up and down and up and down. I would just be this ball of nervous energy because I'm going through in my mind, okay, I'm going to have to use off-camera flash here. This is a really big celebrity. I'm actually scared of them. And um, all right, so if I've got F8 and I'm like going through the whole scenario in my head. So these are some practical tips because I can't just tell you to not be nervous. I know that that's part of the process and it's something that does uh, get a lot easier as you do more and more shoots. So Number one, 
you want to get rid of that nervous energy. So um, the pacing for me actually worked. It's just a way of um, doing something other than just sitting there. So if you are a ball of energy and you have time then and you do like to exercise, then go for a long walk or a run or um, whatever it is that will get rid of some of that nervous energy that's just going to help center you and feel a bit better. Number two, Val, this is a big one if you are really like in that panic attack, can't breathe, can't even speak, I'm so anxious about this shoot and I would get myself into that kind of a state (laughs) as well, particularly in the early days. And this is something that worked a treat and it's called square breathing. Have you ever done it? I don't think so. What's square breathing? Okay, so if you're ever really, really nervous, so this might be prior to a job interview or prior to a big shoot and you like you might be doing your first wedding or your first event or your first, you know, big shoot with a model and you're just nervous and you can just feel that like you're just anxious about mm-hmm. it, all right? So square breathing is where you uh, breathe in yep. for and hold for four. So you take a big deep breath in, hold for four seconds, and then you breathe out, three, four, hold for four seconds, and then breathe in for four, out for four. And so can you see the square of the breathing? And so Hang the on. simple act of four. breathing in. Hang on. You breathe, so, breathe, so breathe, breathe in, in, but for four counts. Hold for four. No, 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 no. Do you no, breathe in? No, no. So just breathe normally. in for whatever it takes okay. you. So big breathe, feel, and but you gotta try and fill your lungs yeah, to the it. like the bottom if you can. So you breathe in and hold for four, right? And then you breathe out, hold for four. We need whale music in the background. But when Woo! does the four start? <laughs> As you breathe out, or when after you've, you when breathe you've out? emptied your lungs, your lungs are empty. Hold for then four. Then one, two, one, three, two, three, four. Okay, four. got it. And then you breathe in. Yeah. Hold for four. And that, it's actually the deep breathing that calms you down. Okay. All right? And that, it actually works. It gets rid of. If you've got the, the butterflies, you're a bit nervous, this actually helps. And just to simply taking deep breaths will calm you down. So that's something that I might do in the car before I go in mm-hmm. to a shoot or something. Okay. All right. This one sounds a bit crazy and it's kind of of the fake it till you make it technique to get over fear, but your body language, if you are really nervous, what happens is you make your body smaller. So what happens is you'll slump your shoulders forward and you'll you'll actually be smaller in size to protect yourself, right, when you're feeling nervous and, um, you know, uh, in a fear state, uh, you'll get smaller. So what you do is push your shoulders back and walk tall and force yourself. So just that simple act is trying to trick the body into going, nothing to see here. We're all fine. I'm feeling really confident. And there was that woman who did the um, TED talk a really while, uh, a while back about doing the uh, Superman pose. Amy Cuddy. Where, yeah, that's right. Where she like would stretch her hands out far and you make your body you make your energy as big as possible and as expansive as possible and that is a great way to just tell your body and tell your energy system that we are big we are in an expansive state we are in a confident state Mm -hmm. um it's the fake it till you make it school it actually works you feel better i just did it then i've got a good stretch across my shoulders i feel really good i'm totally up myself right now val um now The other one that I love is to visualize the shoot that I'm doing. Mm. So this is what I do as I'm driving into the shoot the night before, the day before, constantly I'm thinking about it. Okay, so what's going to happen is I'm going to walk in. I'm going to put the camera, the light is going to be camera right. I'm going to put them in that position. I'm going to make sure that there's a little bit of light. I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. I'm picturing the conversation, everything that's happening. And that for me is a great way to settle myself, calm myself down. Down, and I may even list everything that I'm going to do in the shoot. And I was a big like um, 
when I was starting out, I used to draw little pictures and list everything uh, in the shoot, including all the different poses that I would change. And it did, usually I didn't need to check it because just the act of writing it down uh, solidified it all for me. But that visualization and the writing down is a great way to just center myself into the shoot. And so when I got to the shoot, I felt like I'd already been there. Does that make sense? Because I've yeah. seen it in my mind's eye before. Right. So that was a really um, good one. So if you can, you want to try and be grounded in the moment. You don't want to be in your head catastrophizing about what's going to happen in five minutes' time. So you want to be in that moment. So try and just do a quick run through, feel your feet on the ground, feel yourself in that space. Don't be thinking ahead, just be engaged, particularly when you're shooting with models. You want to be hearing what they're saying. You want to be feeling that moment and be right in there, all right? So... Um, remember, we talked about this at the very start of the episode, people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. So everything oh, yeah. that you're going through in your head about, oh, my God, I hope they don't think I'm incompetent here, the poor model is thinking the exact same thing. So just remember about that. Themselves. And exactly, we're all in the same situation. So you may as well just be nice and, uh, you know, be good about it. So if you are thinking about approaching a stranger, um, you know, and you want to photograph someone, it might be at a, at a function or something, you just walk up and it's like, you know, my line is, hi, excuse me, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, may I please grab a group shot? And it, at first, you're going to feel a bit clunky doing it. You might muck it up. It's all right. You'll go back. You'll do it again. You'll keep doing it. And uh, eventually, it's just going to flow out of you smoothly and you'll be able to, um, you know, interrupt a group and take that shot. Same when you approach a stranger in the street. Remember, they got that same um, uh, thought process as you do about being worried about what this stranger that wants to photograph them is thinking about. Take the moment. Don't don't try and think about it too much. Approach them and say, hi, um, I love your suit. I love what you're wearing mm. or the, the light looks really amazing um, or that backdrop looks amazing. Everything looks so amazing. I'd really like to take your photo. And, you know, nine times out of ten, nine and a half times mm. out of ten, they're going to say yes. Yeah. You know, so and the worst thing that they can say is no and there's another how many how many billion people are there i've lost track many billions i don't know many billions of people in the world so there is just move on to the next one <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so um it's really important to learn the art of banter this helps with nervousness and fear if you can learn to just chit chat with people because that's the opener so practice it if you want to be a people photographer Practice banter, talking about nothing with everyone that you meet, every opportunity you can. Re, reopen the, the, the dialogue that all of those chance encounters that we used to have before we walked around with phones and everything. Just um, have it with the person that's serving you coffee, the waiter, the person at the checkout, the, the person at the corner store. Just try and have banter with them that's not, nothing threatening. Don't talk about, you know, religion or politics or money. Stay away from all the taboo zones. Try and avoid talking about the weather, but just try and practice engaging with these people because that is the skill that's going to help you when it comes to shooting uh, corporate portraits. Uh, you know, how much do I crap on when I talk to people, Val? Oh, you can, yes. <laughs> a lot right about what what is it that i'm talking about i don't even know nothing <laughs> it's like nothing it'll be like yeah so the leaves on that tree well that's a like oh what would you call that green there it does it doesn't matter it depends on the person that i'm yeah. but, but but i will go to whatever interests them find that common ground and just banter because you just want them to be comfortable you make them comfortable because you you're controlling the energy of the shoot so if you're comfortable they're comfortable everyone's comfortable you're going to get a great shot so it might be i love your brooch i love that bracelet um, I love this coffee. Whatever it is, find that common ground yeah. and learn the chit-chat. That's going to calm everyone down. So uh, check your gear. If you're confident in your gear and how to use it, this is going to make a huge difference to how your nerves are on the shoot. So you're confident that all your gear is working, the batteries are all charged, you've got enough cards, 
everything, all the cables, all the um, all the little gigahoozy watsits that you need, you have everything. So to do this, make a checklist, yes, check, check it twice, check it 20 times, whatever it takes to make sure that when you go into that shoot, you're confident, at least for the technical side of things, that you've got it covered. Then you can focus on, you know, getting your nerves under control and all of that. Yep. So um, if you have... Uh, a Wayne or a Kate doll, so a styrofoam head or a little action figure, practice, 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 practice. If you can do it um, easily, then test yourself and do it faster, okay? If any I can new set up listeners my are wondering why it's Wayne or Kate, it's because my one is called Kate and your one's called Wayne, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> styrofoam head. So you get a styrofoam head, you give it a name. It's important, Val. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah, yeah, that's give it a why name. mine's Kate. Okay, so if you can get your light and your modifier and your stand-up and your camera and set up and you can get the reading and you can get it in five minutes, then the next time I want to see if you can get it down to four minutes. Can you do it in three minutes? And if you think you can do it in two minutes, try and do it blindfolded. Wow. This, right, Mm. test yourself. And these are all things that you don't need anyone else judging you while you do it and you can test yourself out, but if you can you know your gear inside and out that's one stress you will never have to worry about and so you're actually able to put your gear together put the batteries in and chat to your model while you're doing it and because you're doing it all on autopilot but if you're sitting there going wait where does this bit go? Hang on, I don't know how to set up my um, Octobox. Oh, no, I've got it on backwards. And you're all, you become a mess before you've done the shoot. So let's take that out of the equation and, and practice in your own time and get as fast as you can. And another, finally, uh, last bit of advice is, particularly for portrait photography, is learn to go to lighting setups that you can do easily. So that might be master daylight so you know how to find the good directional daylight so you've got that and then maybe one off-camera lighting technique where you can do a one light setup and you know it inside out and backwards and you know that you could I could drop you into um, any location and you could look around and go I know I know where to shoot my daylight shot and I know where to shoot my off-camera light shot so you've got that is out of the equation and then two go to posing scenarios that you can demonstrate and that you can do confidently that you can show your model how to do so it might be you know the the headshot and then one full length that you can do time and time again it doesn't matter if all your shots look the same at the start because after you've done a few of these and you've nailed them you can add a third one and a fourth one and a fifth one but the key is to know them inside out and backwards so that that you're not having to deal with that on top of your nerves Mm. and that's going to help you appear more confident so that you've got the opportunity to calm yourself down and the more you do this eventually it's going to get to the fact to the point where your nerves are are minimal on the day because you you, you're across everything you need so there you go Val so that's uh how to overcome fear and become more confident as a photographer. I love it. That's fantastic because it's not always just all about the technical stuff. You know, I have shot with some photographers who are brilliant technically but didn't have that other, they didn't have the confidence and therefore they didn't instill confidence in the people that they were shooting. Uh, so mm. I think that... Um, it's really important to work on these soft skills as well um, that's not just about aperture or shutter speed or or, or, or that kind of stuff um, because it's so important in the real world. Fantastic. Thanks, Gina. That's great. You're welcome. I hope that helps everyone get out there more. Yeah, fantastic. And feel more confident, yeah. All right. So what are you up to in the coming week, Gina? So I've got a big shoot uh, tomorrow. I've got another one later in the week. I've got lots of I've got a million things to edit, and I will continue to binge watch everything that Darren Stars oh ever done. Getting my, my um my taste is getting really dumbing down. I need to um I need to cut through this with a bit of highbrow stuff, Val, because it's like I'm watching teen teenage. <laughs> Yeah, you are. TV shows. I'm watching TV like a millennial, actually. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh it my sounds God. like it's it. It's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it. It feels like because you don't have to try, Val. This is what I like. It's just like, you know, you go through <laughs> the drive by at the uh, the drive through at uh, the Golden Arches. You know, there's no. You don't have to try. It's just like it's yeah. It is what it when is. When you watch these shows, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. It's entertaining. Okay. What have you got on? What are you doing? What am I doing? Um, I am doing a set. Well, I'm thinking about whether I'll, I'm going to embark on this particular set of new designs that are in my head this week. Mm. Um, that w- are they just in your head? Have you sketched them out? They're predominant, the, or are they just- predominantly in my head because they only came to Are you scared that they won't leave? Because I get scared if I've got an idea. I'm like, I better write that down or draw it or something because it might just – it falls out sometimes. Oh, not – Does that not happen yeah, to you? Not at, scared at this point. <laughs> if I, uh-huh. if I um, delay too much, I might be. Um, but yeah. I'll be deciding basically today whether or not I'm going to um, proceed with them. And yep. I am watching Peaky Blinders on Netflix and yep. I am probably I've, – I've saved but I just need to um, set aside a time when I'm not going to be interrupted to watch on Amazon Prime the Yayoi Kusama um, documentary as well. So – you know Yayoi Kusama, the uh, Japanese artist who does all the dots, the circ- you know, the dots. Um, yes, that's something highbrow that I should watch. Val. <laughs> I think that's you'd a enjoy cleanser. It. It, like, listen to you, yeah. And so I'm watching that documentary, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm watching younger, younger. It's so good, and oh my god! And last week I just finished Emily in Paris, and oh my god, I can't wait for season. Oh, okay. (laughs) You'll enjoy this uh, documentary. She started off in Japan and then went to New York sort of in the 60s or thereabouts at the time of, you know, Warhol and Basquiat and all of those people and um, had a very tough time because she was a woman, she was Japanese, she was an artist in a – at a time when it was a fairly male-dominated um, scene in New York, uh, a lot of ideas w- were appropriated or a lot of ideas that were ignored, but then when some of the male artists did it, they were lauded. Um, and anyway, she's still alive today and um, very, uh, very popular now. Um, so mm. yeah, very. I'm keen to see what that documentary is all about. Amazing. Anyway, all right. So where do we find you online, Gina? Find me at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on all social media. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd love the opportunity to work with you. You can find me uh, so you can join the goal community by heading to ginamilitia.com and click on memberships. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.